Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome back to our second episode of We Got a Memo. We uh, got a couple things for you. We got our recap of our picks last week, talking about the coaching hires, talking about Kyler Murray, what is going on in his life, um, and then just, you know, some tidbits of a bunch of other things, Foles versus Wentz, should, should freshmen be allowed to declare, just some fun stuff, so stay tuned. Uh, so we'll pick with our picks. We had myself and Xavier being correct, picking the Clemson Tigers to win over the Alabama Crimson Tide. John and Roland were wrong. Roland, we had a direct quote last week. He said, it's either going to be a close game or a Bama blowout. Absolutely wrong there. Um, I can't say that's a bad pick, though, but you're still wrong. Than, uh, in Tua than I should have. You know, you know, it's okay. That Cle- I was right. I did say that the Clemson defense is no joke, though. Right. And they humiliated that offense, especially Tua. Yeah. Did anyone think that Jalen Hurts would lead a comeback? You know, come no. full circle? Nope. Yeah, I didn't either. Not with, you know, so little time left in the game. Yeah, they didn't even give him a chance. I honestly, like, going into halftime, I was like, all right, it's time for Jalen, you know, see what happens. And then if, you know, it's still not working out, then you either stick with Jalen or go back to Tua. But, like, the fact that they they put Jalen in, like, seven minutes to go or something like that, I was like, he's not going to get anything done at this time. Right. I was just really surprised how bad Tua uh, looked after the first quarter. Like, he threw that pick six, and then it looked like he got back on his horse, but then he just didn't look good. So, all right, that was college football. College football season's now over. We have the long wait until August to get back into that. Luckily, we had four other games this weekend, the divisional playoff wins, and we had picks. In the Chiefs-Colts game, the Chiefs beat the Colts pretty handedly. Um... So we had John and Xavier picking correctly there. I was very surprised how bad the Colts looked. I really thought they'd look better considering Andrew Luck against the Chiefs defense, who surprisingly turned up, showed up, did really well, looking good. What do you guys think about that game? Uh, Mahomes looked good. But, I mean... Yeah, Patrick Mahomes looked good as I expected. Uh, I don't think when you guys said the Colts, I was surprised. Uh, I don't think they, I don't think they're that good. So, uh, Chiefs, Chiefs looked good as expected. Yeah, did you guys watch the, all yeah. the games? Because I can tell you, I didn't watch all the games. Um, I watched the first half of that one. Didn't watch the second one because I was at a Caps game, but I, I listened to him on the radio. So, uh. did you guys watch those games? You were at a Caps game? Yeah, I had sweet tickets through work, so it was pretty cool. Okay. Okay, that's legit. I watched about, I watched at least two minutes of each game. Uh, (laughs) Nice. The Sunday games I watched more of, I put those up on my laptop. I did too. What about, Roland, did you watch them? 
I watched, uh, well, I didn't necessarily watch every second of every game, but I had the TV on every second of every game. Okay. Um, yeah. Man. Uh, I watched all of them except the L.A. and Dallas game. I've watched, like, half of it. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone was surprised by the Rams beating the Cowboys. Um, you know, maybe Cowboys overachieved. Like I said last week, Sean McVay came through, game planned well, had him ready to go. C.J. Anderson was balling. Who would have thought he was cut by the Broncos, right. the Raiders, and the Panthers this year, and yeah. now he's in the NFC Championship game. So sometimes you win. Elliott was shut down, too. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. All right, the f- Sunday games, Pats, Bolts, we had... Oh, everyone was right on Rams-Cowboys, by the way. Okay. Patriots, Chargers. Yeah, they got rammed. Roland and John were correct here. I was very disappointed in the Chargers. I wasn't surprised by the Patriots play. I just thought the Chargers would match up and make it a good game. So disappointing. Roland. That was awful. Roland, give me your take as a Patriots fan. I mean, uh, you know, sitting. Sitting at the TV watching all these blowouts, except for you know the Saints. Although after the first quarter, the uh, the Saints uh, Eagles game kind of felt a bit like a blowout. Um, I was like, man, all these games are are blowouts. Like they're not very interesting to watch, but it's 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 fun to watch when your team's doing the blowing out. So uh, it was a fun game. Uh, Xavier and I have some disagreeing thoughts on that game. Uh, like what? Fight! Fight! Uh, he 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 thought that uh, he thought that there were a bunch of missed calls on the Pats uh, that the refs weren't calling, and you know I thought that that was honestly one of the one of the you know that and and the Saints Eagles game both those games I thought were some of the cleanest games I had seen in a while. So uh, I didn't see any missed calls, but you know I'm. I, I, let me just get my point across, okay? Xavier, Xavier I, hold on, hold on. successful teams. No, he actively roots no. against Bama. Uh-huh. Hold on. Every, okay, let me just say this. The Patriots game, they should have won. I am not denying any fact they were the better team. They, they blew them out. But what got me annoyed was the refs were not consistent. If you're going to call things on the Chargers, you have to do the same thing with the Patriots. And I didn't think they did that. They called pass interferences on the Chargers that they were not calling on the Patriots. I was, that's the only thing I was saying. Like, I think, I think they called a pass interference on the Chargers. Um, and it was against uh, Gronkowski. But then at the end of the first half, they didn't call one on the Patriots that was basically the same exact thing that happened to Gronkowski. I just don't think they were consistent. Um, I don't think it would have made a difference in the game. I think the Patriots still would have beat them. I just, it's things like that. It's not so much, again, this is, I'm not saying this is against the Patriots at all. I just think referees overall need to be consistent. And I don't think over this whole weekend, I don't think they were consistent in most of the games. Uh, the only game I thought they were actually pretty good was the Kansas City-Indianapolis game. But, yeah, I just... this whole The whole weekend, I thought refs were not consistent. 
So that that's all I was saying. I mean, I'm not saying that the Patriots would have lost that game. They wouldn't have. But I just looking for consistency. And they're human beings. I get that. They make mistakes. But I just, come on. I don't know. Uh, Zay, I 100% agree with you. And I think a lot of the country would agree with you that when the call is questionable, it always goes the Patriots' way. Yes. And, like, that's not... Uh, I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. Um, maybe it's just me hating the Patriots along with everybody else, but it just seems like the Patriots always get the call they need or they yep. don't get called when someone else needs it. Um, yep. John, did you watch the game? What did you see? I didn't watch too much of that one. It was just... I was working. Good for you. you. I said you missed a great game. I, you know, I had the Twitter notifications. All I have to say about that, Roland, is I'm not, like, shocked Patriots won at all. Really, all I want from these games is it for, for it to be close. So, if anything, I was like, I agree. disappointed yeah. that the Chargers... I thought, I thought it'd be close after the first drive, because, you know, Patriots did a great drive first way down the field, very methodical, slow, took, like, seven minutes off the clock. And then the pay, yeah. or Chargers came back and scored on Keenan Allen touchdown, but um, you know, I after that they didn't score, or I don't know if they scored until again late in the fourth quarter when they scored. They ended twenty eight points, but it really wasn't that close at all. So I was a little yeah. By then it was pretty much over. I know I agree because um, the Chargers are a team that I've kind of like, you know, kind of like in the shadows been like these guys are really cool, like. I like Melvin Gordon. I like Keenan Allen. Um, you know, Philip Rivers. Love Philip Rivers. Yeah. Uh, if if there's anyone in the NFL that, like, currently that doesn't have a ring that deserves one, I think Philip Rivers is one of them. Yeah. I'm um, and so the chart. You know, if the Patriots weren't going to make it out of the AFC, uh, I thought that my my pick to to do it would have been the Chargers. So. All right. Last game was Eagles Saints. Myself, John, and Roland won. Picked correctly. Zay was wrong. I will say, Alshon Jeffrey makes that catch. I think the Eagles win. Yes, I agree. Which catch? What um, time? I watched the entire game. Oh man! So I mean, obviously the last one, right? It went right through his hands and ended the game. Yeah, with that the interception. The interception. Um, oh yeah. Because I I was watching it. On the Saints' third down, I was just like, this is a big play. If they make it, game's pretty much over. If they miss it, Nick Foles has two or three minutes go down the field, do his thing, and score. And they were well on their way. And then Alshon Jeffrey, you know, went off his hands, missed the play, game over. Um, but I think that was the best game of the weekend. Yeah, oh, I was. really enjoyed watching that game. And as someone who doesn't totally and religiously follow the NFL, that game was really entertaining to watch. Good. Because I feel like I'm just starting to get the storylines of each team. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, that's why I really enjoy the Premier League. I'm like, oh, I'm invested in this team's growth and development. And so watching the Saints, who who have been a really good team all season, and the Phillies, who I just, the Philly Eagles, I can't, I can't root for them. The, The fans are obnoxious, but... That was the most entertaining game, and until the interception happened early in the second quarter, I was going to say 
that Philly was going to win and I was going to get all of my picks wrong or I would have missed this one. But the interception happened and then Drew Brees just marched them down the field. They had a 13-minute drive. Yeah, they, oh, they yeah, did. That, that was thing. very, that was yeah. crazy. When I saw that satellite, I was just like, whoa, that is really insane. Yeah. So, I don't know if we're going to keep track, but if we are, John, you picked all four of those games correctly. Um, so, I, I think we should count the college football game, too. So, John, you're four and one. Roland, Oof. you are three and two. And then Zay and I are also three and two because of Clemson. But, John, well done. Oof. We got, so we got two more games this weekend, which we'll pick later, and then uh, we'll see the standings. Maybe we'll, just, we'll do something fun, a little competition, whoever wins at the end of the season. We got three games left, um, so and it's anyone's game right now. Hold on, let me just say that I should be at the same spot as John. Stinking Eagles let me down. You know what they <laughs> yeah, say, Zay. I can't that. believe that. That's how the I cookie crumbles. Nicole. I saw Nick Foles taking him down the field, and then Alshon Jeffrey can't catch the ball. I mean, it takes John four quarters to that win a ball. game. The Eagles were after the first quarter. Balls. After the first quarter, the Eagles were were not where they should have been. It takes four quarters. It doesn't I, come down to Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, but come on, no, that's did. an easy catch to make. But but Watching big players game. make big plays and big opportunities, and he just didn't do it. Not not anything against Alshon Jeffrey, just he didn't make play, you know. Watching that game, I got really confused with just consistency, like what you're saying, Zay, consistency of the calls. Like, I was watching LeBlanc cover the Saints wide receivers, and, you know, they were pushing, there was, like, arms everywhere, it looked like spaghetti, but there was no pass interference call, and... And there's like really weird calls about holding and hooking. And I just think it really ruins the flow of the game. And I'm not saying don't call things, but if you looked at every play, I'm sure there is a foul everywhere. The thing is, it's playoff for me at least. In the playoffs, I'm okay if there's a little pushing, a little more grabbing, you know. That's just playoff football. Um, I kind of feel like in the playoffs, you kind of let them play a little more. So I would rather see less flags than more flags. Uh, I agree. In general. Yeah. Honestly. Oh, oh, sorry, go. No, I was saying in the level of just entertainment. So you've got regular season football, and then going up one level is, you know, playoff football, championship football is above that, but nothing tops backyard football. My man's Pablo Sanchez can run circles around you. Get out of here, John. Anyway, so if no one has anything else to say about divisional playoffs, it was a good round. We got the Chiefs and Pats versus, against each other on Sunday night, and then the Saints and Rams, um, which we'll get into more later. One and two seed on both sides, which I think is pretty great. Um, but the other side of the NFL after the regular season ends is coaching hires. There were a bunch of openings. I think there was eight or so. Um, so we're just going to give everyone a rundown of who was hired. Um, some hires we have more to talk about than other ones, but we're just going to throw in what we got on each hire. So the Packers hired Matt LaFleur, who was the Titans OC. Um, John has some thoughts on that, as I'm sure everyone else does. Cardinals hired Cliff Kingsbury, who was, um, formerly the USC offensive coordinator 
for about a month, and before that, he was the head coach of Texas Tech. Buccaneers hired Bruce Arians, who had coached the Arizona Cardinals two years ago. Broncos hired Vic Fangio, who led the Bears to arguably the top defense in Chicago this year. The Browns hired Freddie Kitchens, who was their quarterback's coach and then their interim offensive coordinator when Hugh Jackson got fired. New York Jets hired Adam Gase, who was in Miami. And the Dolphins hired Brian Flores, I believe, who is, correct me if I'm wrong, Roland, he's the linebacker coach of the New England Patriots? Yeah, linebacker coach and defensive signal caller. Okay. So. And then the he's last not the one... defensive coordinator. He's the linebacker coach okay. and also just calls the plays okay. on defense. And the last John team Gabe. was um, oh the Bengals hired Rams quarterback coach Zach Taylor. I know that's a lot. We're gonna try to go through each one a little bit. Um, John, why don't you take us down to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and the hire of Matt Lafleur? Yeah. I think this is exciting from what I know of Green Bay Packers and Matt LaFleur because LaFleur helped lead an offensive overhaul in Los Angeles. Last year, he had a lot of play-calling experience in Tennessee, so he's got that under his belt. I think something that's also really important is that he's coached an MVP quarterback before with Matt Ryan during the 2016 campaign. So he knows how to handle competent quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers. But also he has a lot of experience at the collegiate level. He had three consecutive NCAA D2 playoff appearances. And I think that kind of experience of grinding out wins is really important. But a coach is only as good as his coaching staff. He sh- a head coach should be a cherry on top and the cornerstone. Not everything is built around them. And that's why Nathaniel Hackett is going to be a really important person as their offensive coordinator. You know, after last season's Jacksonville Jaguars doing really well, it's iffy between having Nathaniel Hackett be successful or not because he was fired on the 26th, but Nathaniel Hackett also doesn't have to deal with Blake Bortles anymore. Right. I'm going to hop on in there with you, John. I think that's a really good point made for two. about um, the coaching and their staff because, like you said, Nathaniel Hackett, he was coaching with Blake Bortles, but to go along with that, last year he was coaching with Blake Bortles and they went to the AFC Championship game, so he can obviously coach with talent, so I think you're right. Um... To work with Aaron Rodgers is obviously an upgrade from Aaron or Blake Bortles. So if he can have that kind of success with Blake Bortles, who knows what he can have with Aaron Rodgers? Yep. Got anything See, else for us on that? So I I actually don't like the Matt Lafleur hire just because um, he wasn't successful with Tennessee. Yeah. He they had the twenty fifth ranked offense with the Tennessee and like the 29th best passing offense uh I mean Aaron Rodgers is a completely different player to Marcus Mariota so I understand that but I just he wasn't successful with Tennessee so I don't I don't get the making him head coach how much of that 
lack of offense in Tennessee, would you give him a slide for? Because um, Blaine Gabbert was playing for a lot of games. You know, Marcus Mariota got hurt, so Blaine Gabbert was playing. Yeah, I mean, I would give him some of that, but still, you should be able to do better than that. Roland, know. do you have anything about this hire? Uh, not really. Okay. Um, I think you guys covered everything. I will say, I when I listen to shows like Colin Cowherd, he was saying that there are reports where there was questions of whether this guy could like lead the team, like leadership questions, um, which I think is a big flag. Um, yeah. You know, head coach should be able to command the room. Um, you know, John Harbaugh is a special teams coach for the Baltimore Ravens. That was his background, special teams. But he can lead that team. Obviously, he's won a Super Bowl. Um, they went 10-6 and six and were in the playoffs this year. So if there's question marks about a coach's leadership ability, I just think that's really bad, no matter how good of an offensive genius you are. Yeah, especially um, considering who the quarterback is, I guess. Right, with Aaron Rodgers, you know, might be hard to coach, obviously one of the most talented quarterbacks there might be. So I guess we'll see how it goes. I would think the Packers were thinking, like, Aaron Rodgers, we still got a lot of good years with them. Matt LaFleur, you know, helped Matt Ryan be an MVP. He's an offensive mind, which is a common theme I think we'll talk about here. You know, with Sean McVay being this genius offensive guy, young guy, good-looking, who cares, you know. But that that's, like, what everyone's looking for. Um my Those friend, quarterback looks, man. I think my friend tweeted something like, it's a good time to be a young white male who takes yeah. Adderall, you know, to be an NFL coach. Because, like, you know, if you can coach offense and you're young, yep. you might do good. So the coaching hire I have the most about is the Cardinals with Cliff Kingsbury. First of all, I'm just going to say, I don't really like the hire. One, I don't like how... This might just be me, but how Cliff was at USC for literally a month to be their offensive coordinator and then left to interview with head coaches. If you're going to want a head coach for an uh, NFL job, just sit out a month. You know, he was obviously interested when he got fired from Texas Tech. Just sit out a month. Just wait for those interviews. If you don't get anything from the NFL, then go coach somewhere at college but he didn't wait so that was kind of I didn't like that move but that's beside the fact but to get down to it I didn't like the hire because he was fired from Texas Tech Texas Tech was in the big 12 all they know is offense they don't do defense down there he coached players like Johnny Manziel in the SEC he coached Pat Mahomes and he didn't win against teams with the winning record he was 4-31 and and I, when I saw that, I was completely, you know, shocked because if you have Pat Mahomes, who's taking the NFL by storm, and you're playing in the Big 12 with no defense, you should be able to win games. Second, he, um, well, I completely forgot what I, oh, he was an alum of Texas Tech. You don't get fired from your, like, alma mater unless you're really bad at your job. And that's what he was. He just wasn't winning. He wasn't getting it done. So he failed in college. So why would a struggling offense head coach in Texas Tech, how does that translate to being a NFL head coach? 
So I would have preferred if he was like an OC for like a year, just to figure it out, get the rhythm of things. But with all that being said, the Sean McVay effect, if he was an offensive coordinator for one year and they hire someone else to be the head coach, the next year, because I think he would have run a good offense with Josh Rosen, the next year he would have been hired by someone else. So I think they kind of just hired him as a head coach, kind of on the fly learning for both of them because it was either head coach now or just lose the opportunity. And that's what the Rams did with Sean McVay. I think that's what they're doing with Cliff Kingsbury. So I understand the hire. I just don't like it right now. And that may come back to like slap me in the face later if he's successful with Josh Rosen or whoever his quarterback is in Arizona. But right now, I just didn't get what made him qualified for a head coach. Yeah, I I am totally on board with you. Um, first off, I just want to say uh, he did USC dirty. Um, I remember driving, listening to, it was one of the Fox Sports Radio uh, shows, was interviewing him right after he had gotten the USC job. And he was like, you know, if I'm going to US, USC, I'm, I'm going to, you know, be there to stay or whatever. And then, you know, here we are a month later and he's, I was like, I, I was like, this isn't the same guy, is he? Like, there's no way this is the same person. I was just listening to his interview. Um, but yeah, wow. Um, yeah, I, I also don't agree with it. Uh, because, you know, and I saw something like he's literally failing his way up, uh, which was, you know, shocking. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. There's some rumors going around that I I feel like we're gonna talk about it later with Kyler Murray. Yeah, I, I think let's let's wait on that for later. But uh, but little little preview that Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury will come up again like later it. in the show. Uh, let me just say, all right, yeah, I'll uh, stop myself. So I uh, I agree a hundred percent with what you guys said. Uh, why not just make him, I think what Michael said was spot on, why not just make him offensive coordinator uh, so he can be with Josh Rosen? Uh, but I don't know. I've looked into things about this guy, and I think Michael said he has no success whatsoever. In it's the, just because he worked with Pat Mahomes. Exactly. So if He's you... He's quarterback you, guru or whatever. If yeah. you don't take someone like, Kyler Murray in the first the first overall pick, like what is he, what is he doing as the head coach? So I just I don't yeah it makes no sense to me. Uh, so we'll see what Arizona because I feel like Arizona has has to have a uh, a reason for doing this. So I guess we'll have to find out and see why. Yeah, John, do you have anything on the Cardinals and Kingsbury? He was hired by USC for a month. Mm-hmm. And as the last couple college championships show, the only real football is SEC football. <laughs> and so he went nowhere. You say that as <laughs> Clemson just beat the SEC. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, well. No, but, no I get what you're saying. SEC, yeah, I, think, I, I think it's consistently it's the top Alabama. conference. Clemson, Alabama. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. 
Um, I don't even know who's in the SEC. I just saw it on a freaking funny YouTube video. That's a, you know what, John? That's okay. This podcast is meant to be educational. It's meant to be fun. And so, you know what? If you got to learn something on here too, no worries. We're here for you. That's what we do. We're doing this podcast for the same reason kids play sports when they're young. Because it's fun. So, don't even worry about it. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, okay, he didn't go anywhere. Right. Now he got hired, failing his way up the ladder. Yeah. Moving on. I think I think the, the final, the most important thing was, I think the Cardinals were just trying to get ahead of the curve. Like I said, I think they would have wanted him to be an OC for one year, just to make sure, you know, he works in the NFL. But like I said, I think he would have been hired by someone else. Um, you know, like, it's you can't make him an OC and leave that head coach spot open like who's going to take a head coach spot for a year knowing he's going to be replaced a year later so i that's where i think they were going that's fair yeah um next team buccaneers i think made probably one of the better hires this offseason hired yes. bruce arians this um, is my favorite one yeah so Rowan, why don't you go first what do you got i just think it, i don't know like i i i loved bruce arians in arizona um and i just think that it's it's a fantastic hire. Um, uh, somehow they got him out of retirement. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, especially, you know, looking at, you know, the Bucks are a pretty good team. Um, I think some of the some of the quarterback uh, inconsistency has been one of the big things that's really held them back. Uh, so I think, you know, uh, moving forward, having a good head coach there. Um, and maybe a new quarterback, uh, they could really, you know, do something in that that super competitive NFC South. Yeah. So. Uh, also, <clears throat> Bruce Arians, he knows the uh, the Bucks GM, and he also named, knows uh, James Winston too from past uh, past events or whatever. So, uh, I think that's why they. That's how they convinced him to come out of retirement. Because I don't think he would have came out for maybe one or two other teams. But I don't think he would have came out for unless he has relationships with the organization. I don't think he would he would come out. So yeah, I like this one as well. I think Jameis Winston could he could thrive off this one. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I like it a lot. Let's not forget Jameis Winston was the number one overall pick a couple years ago. Bruce Arians played with Andrew Luck. He played with Peyton Manning. He played with Big Ben. All of them had their best years when he was their coach. So I think Jason Light made the higher one, obviously because Bruce Arians is a good coach. But two, if anyone's going to save Jason Light's job, it's going to be Bruce Arians because he can get Jameis Winston to play well. Um, going back to what John said about your coaching staff is very important. He hired Todd Bowles as his defensive coordinator, um, who many might remember him as failing as the Jets head coach. But who did he have on offense? And let's not forget, he was running a very successful defense before he was the head coach of the Jets. Like, that was the reason he became the Jets head coach. So I think he's putting together a new staff. His demeanor, his attitude is going to help Jameis um, progress, hopefully as a person, because he's not that great of a person right now. Um, but as a quarterback, he's very talented. There's a reason he was the number one pick, and I yep. think Bruce Arians can help That's him true. get that. Um 
rest of the hires, you know, I don't think they're as big of news. You know, Vic Fangio to the Broncos led the led the Bears. Now he has Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Um, I think did they hire an offensive coordinator? Do we know? Uh, they haven't yet. I don't okay. think. I think I was just looking because I was mistaken. Gary Kubiak. Right, I saw that I, too. I thought that he was going to Denver, but he is going to Minnesota. So, right. um, I mean, I it's a good coach. Um, I think whoever the OC is, and they need a quarterback. Those are the two biggest things. But I, I think Vic Fangio is going to make that defense yeah. great again. Yep. Um, Browns hired Freddie Kitchens. I get the hire. It's kind of like the Kingsbury hire. Yep. Um, in the way that he... I mean, Baker was real good when he was coaching. And I think Baker liked him. So I get the hire, but he's very unproven. You know, like, this is his first year being the head coach. So, you know, like I said, I get it. He was good with Baker, so I definitely get it. Um, but yet to be proven... Um, I think it's a bad look if he doesn't do well because the Browns are very talented. So, yeah. Well, let me just say this is kind of like Cliff, like you say, Cliff Kingsbury, just because they hired Freddie Kitchens just so that he didn't leave. So, Greg Williams was five and three as the interim head coach with the Cleveland. If you're in Cleveland, you want to keep this guy because he has a winning record. Right. So, why? You get rid of Greg Williams just to keep Freddie Kitchens. Uh, I think that's ridiculous. So I, I actually don't like this. Um, uh, keep trying to convince Freddie Kitchens to stay as offensive coordinator somehow. Give him more money or whatever. Yeah. Um, and keep Greg Williams as the head coach because clearly the players like to play for him. And they were doing pretty well. They almost knocked Baltimore out of the playoffs the last week. You're right. So I just – I think – I don't like this one. Yeah, I mean, they did hire Steve Wilkes as their defensive coordinator. He was the Cardinals head coach beforehand. People might be like, oh, he failed as a head coach. But like I said, there's a reason he was a head coach who's good at coaching defense. So we'll see how he does. Um, I'm with you there, Xavier. I don't really like the pick, but I think you're right. It's the same thing as Cleansbury. They wanted to wait another year, but kind of getting ahead of that curve. Um, you guys feel free to jump in if you got anything else. Uh, the last hires, you know, Bengals, Zach Taylor. I think he got that job because he worked with Sean McVay in Los Angeles. Um, Adam Gase. Th- this this is a really good hire, I think. Um, he went from the Dolphins to the Jets, who have one of the top, um, top jobs or top quarterbacks with Sam Darnold. So hopefully that offense gets rolling. My thoughts on Dolphins' Brian Flores. Uh, it's all about culture. They're hiring just to change culture on there. They had an yeah. exodus of players last year, so I think this is just a big culture change. Maybe the two biggest things, just touch on these lightly, Roland, Josh McDaniel staying in New England, and Mike McCarthy taking the year off. Um, yeah, so for Josh McDaniels, I don't know. I thought it was a little surprising that people were looking, after him, looking for him um, for a head coaching position. I... I mean, personally, if I was on another team, I wouldn't really be looking at Josh McDaniels as a head coach a year after he stiffed the Colts, um, just because it's like, well, you know, you're clearly not interested in another head coaching job. I thought that 
it was just surprise. I I was surprised that people were surprised that he's not accepting head coaching offers. So that was I just wanted to give my take on that. Okay. I don't know. Are any of you guys surprised he's not looking at a head coaching job? I thought it was clear that he he's essentially been all but given the reins of, of New England once Belichick steps down, and that's why he chose to leave the Colts and stay with the Patriots. Um, so, but yeah. I yeah, guess. I agree with you exactly on that point. I think he's Bill Belichick's successor. Um, big shoes to fill. Does he get so. the same hoodie, though? He gets his. He gets whatever he wants. He just has to win. Like the exact same one? Yeah. Or, or like Bill's going to give him his? Yeah, like Bill should give him his hoodie. That'd be nice. Um, I, I think... Uh, That's sweet. I'm going to call it right now. I think he's going to be a failure. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was in Denver, but he's definitely not going to be Belichick. Good. All right. Um, so this might be the hottest topic of the week. So Kyler Murray officially declared today for the NFL draft. He was the Heisman winner. Um, but what makes it tricky is he was drafted the ninth overall pick by the Oakland A's and was given almost $5 million guaranteed as a signing bonus. But he, um, Roland, I'm going to hand this off to you. He has declared for the draft. He can pick between football and baseball. Take it away. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's fine. Um, we've seen, you know, other teams be successful. Russell Wilson's going to training camp, spring training with uh, the Yankees here in a couple months. So, um, I mean, we've definitely seen, you know, Russell Wilson isn't certainly, certainly isn't, you know, getting significant playing time with the Yankees or anything like that. But um, if nothing else, it's something something good that he can do in his off seasons um, to stay in shape. But I, you know, I think it's fine. I think of Bo Jackson and everybody, you know, he's a legend. Um, I've, if I'm not wrong, only only player to, to go to the championship of both MLB and football. So I just think it's cool, and Kyler Murray will be the, you know, assuming he gets drafted in the first round of the NFL, he'll be the only player to have been drafted in the first round of both baseball and the NFL. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I I think we kind of spoke to it a little bit earlier. Um, there's been some rumors flying around because Kingsbury said, you know, I love, I love uh, Murray as a quarterback. Uh, I would take him first round. Um, I think that was, was that before his time as head coach? No, I think that was while he was head coach at Texas Tech, like the week before right. they were about to play Oklahoma. Yeah, so, um, so everybody was kind of jumping on that, like, oh, you know, is Cliff Kingsbury gonna, gonna take Kyler Murray? I don't think so. Um, I, I think it's a. I think it's a mistake. They just drafted a quarterback, Josh Rosen, last year. He's good. Um, you know, he's he's still got some developing to do, but I don't think I think it just wasted your draft last year. If if that's the case, they really need a lot more than just a quarterback uh, in Arizona. 
Um, as a matter of fact, they don't need a quarterback. Um, so defense, you know, maybe someone looking to uh, to replace Larry Fitzgerald. Um, but I don't. I don't think going with Kyler Murray uh, is is a good choice there. Um, my bold prediction, uh, which is probably not going to happen, but I think it'd be cool, would be uh, Oakland Raiders. Or they'll be the Las Vegas Raiders soon. But I think, you know, it keeps them close. Um, It'd be a bold move. Um, You can get some some draft stock or or something for Derek Carr. He's a great quarterback. Um, And, you know, Kyler Murray doesn't have to travel far to go play baseball and, and also football. So... John or Zay, do you want to add anything? Um, yeah. I think I think he made the right decision to go to the NFL. Uh, I also I agree with Roland. I don't think I don't think Arizona should take him. Uh, I think you let Josh Rosen. I think that's his team. But uh, it's tough with where to go. Oakland's a good idea for him. But again, it's it's going to be interesting to see which quarterback goes off uh, in the NFL draft first: uh, Haskins from Ohio State or Kyler. So I think it should be Kyler Murray, just because he won the Heisman and he was so dominant this year. But I don't know; people still think that Dwayne Haskins could beat him out. But yeah, I think he made the right decision, though. Yeah. John, what do you think about him being drafted by the A's ninth overall, getting $5 million, and then going back to school, because Oakland allowed him to, and winning the Heisman, and now he is about to enter the NFL draft? Uh, I think this is a cluster on a lot of different ends. On one, for Oakland, not giving a more strict contract, like, if you sign a player, why let him risk playing football again, you know? Right. And I'm, then... To go and, with that, I'm I think sure. if Kyler Murray doesn't go with the A's, he does have to give back $4 million. Like, that, he doesn't get right. to keep that. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. An injury risk is, especially playing football, a big thing. Yeah. And, I mean, there, there are a couple reasons to join the MLB over the NFL. One, you get a functioning brain at the age of 48. <laughs> Two, baseball money, which is definitely mob and drug money. Well, and then there are other more. reasons for joining the NFL. You don't have to use steroids. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's steroids too, but... Uh, you know, it's, it's up to him. It's a really cool opportunity. His uncle was the guy that... Uh, smashed the bird when he was batting. Oh, that's cool. Really? Yeah, Randy Johnson or something like that. I was just doing some research. I forget his name. But, uh... Yeah, it was Randy Johnson. That's cool. Yeah, it's just... I think... It's it's a cool opportunity to watch him. Um, you know... To be a superstar, you would go in the NFL. Yeah, so... Yep. I'm gonna say... He, he should do what he wants. If he wants to play baseball, go play baseball. If he wants to play football, go play football. If he wants to play baseball, 
maybe leverage, which is what he did. He's asking for like $15 million from the MLB um, or from but the he's A's. he's 21. What is he going to do well, with here, that Well, because he, here's the thing. If he goes in the first round of the NFL draft, he's guaranteed to play in the major leagues and his contract of like around $15 million is guaranteed for him, right? So I think he's just trying to, you know, level out what he would get paid. Um, I think... One thing is in the NFL, he'll probably play right away, um, yep. if not right like opening day, like this first season. Um, yeah. Baseball, you have to go through like all the minors and stuff. Like I know there's huge, huge money, but like Aaron Judge isn't getting paid that, and he's one of the best players in baseball. He has to work his way, you know, through the league. There's a process. So ultimately, it comes down for what he wants to do. If I were him, I would play football. Um, <clears throat> um, it's funny we talk about the Cliff Kingsbury because he said he would take him number one overall. Cardinals have number over one overall. If I were him, I would trade Josh Rosen to a team that needs a young quarterback because one of their quarterbacks is old. I don't know, the Patriots maybe? Or the Chargers? Why not send Josh Rosen to learn from Tom Brady after a year? Why not set him to sit behind Philip Rivers for a year? Big Ben, I don't know. I personally like him if they he were to trade him to New England. He's out of the conference. Bill Belichick would probably like it. Tom Brady is 41 years old. Trade for a young quarterback. You're not going to get one in the draft. I say go for Josh Rosen. I don't know. I like it. And he could also always go back to the MLB a la Tim Tebow or a la Michael Jordan. I don't think it worked out for either of them. <laughs> yeah. He's his own man. No, yeah, yeah, you're right. He has a ton of options, but he is officially declared for the NFL draft, so I am excited to see him at the Combine. I'm excited to see what he measures in his, because I think if he measures below 5'10", I think that knocks him down the board a little bit. If he's 5'10 or higher, I think that's big for him. Yeah. Um, so, let's move on. We have a few more topics that we want, we scheduled to talk about, but this is already a, longer than I think we were last week. So, I mean, we can do our two debate topics. We can do one and save the other one for later. Um, what are you guys thinking? And audience, if you like the longer pod- podcast, let us know. If you like it shorter... Also, let us know. Obviously, if if we don't get any feedback, you know it's just us. But we want to do what you guys want to hear. Talk about things you guys want to want us to talk about or show us. So, obviously, give us any feedback you want. But for right now, guys, what do you think? Uh, as we all know, size matters, and I think we should just do one topic. All right. And then... So I think we should do. Where you were going with that? Yeah, I, I didn't either. <laughs> I think we should do the one that's most relevant, and I think we go Foles versus Wentz. Okay. Yeah. Yeah? All right. Yep. So, for anyone who doesn't know, Carson Wentz went down with three weeks left in the season with a broken back, I think, and Nick Foles comes in, wins three straight games, leads him to the playoffs, leads him to a win over the... Who was the team? The Bears. Over the Bears. And they ultimately lost this past week to the Saints. But the moral of the story is, Nick Foles 
won the Super Bowl for them last year, and he got them in the playoffs this year, and he is very talented in the Eagles' offense. On the other side, they have Carson Wentz, who they drafted number two overall. Uh, I think most would say is far more talented than Nick Foles, but isn't as successful. I think a lot of people would say the offense is not as good with Carson Wentz at this time. So here's the big thing. Do we go Nick Foles, who has obviously won you games in the playoffs, or do you go Carson Wentz, who's younger and more talented, maybe not as successful yet, but obviously I think a lot of people would say he's the future. In my opinion, it kind of has a Bledsoe-Brady kind of feel. Bledsoe was more talented than Brady, but Tom Brady um, kept winning games and is obviously, you know, been to eight Super Bowls, won five. Um, so what do you guys think? I... This is, this is tough. I mean, Foles is older, so I would keep Wentz. Yeah. Just, they both came out, I think, I don't know if it was today, but they both said they want to lead their own team, uh, which you can't, I mean, you have to respect that. Um, and Nick Foles has been, like, a, such a team for them. I mean, he doesn't make it... Uh, drag attention to himself uh he always he just wants to win for the team so he's a team player but i think uh if you're the eagles now you let him go and let him lead his own team uh once once is going to get better as he gets older so uh, i don't think eagles fans have to be concerned about uh once not getting wins in the playoffs for them in the future so yeah, I'd, I'd let Foles go in free agency this offseason and let him sign with another team. Yeah, the reason this is so big is because Nick Foles isn't like your typical backup. Like next season, he's due $20 million. You're not going to pay him $20 million and you're not going to keep Carson Wentz around. Um, yeah. John, Roland, thoughts? Um. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You know, it's... Your drafted went second overall. He's, you know, you you mentioned the Brady Bledsoe feel, um, but the thing is, is Brady was also younger than Bledsoe. You know, yeah, not it wasn't like, you know, that much younger, but still, it's. I mean, it's yeah. I think Wentz is definitely the future of the organization. Um, he's been, you know, kind of unlucky uh, with with injuries. Um, and then I also think Foles has been kind of lucky with, you know, the timing of Wentz's injuries uh, and and all that. But you know, there's no doubt that that both are great quarterbacks. Um, we've seen we've actually seen you know Foles started off in the season because Wentz was still injured, and you know he had some some uh, some trouble. He wasn't you know as successful as he was in the playoffs, and people were ready for Wentz back. Um, and then Wentz, you know, started getting some bumps and in the road, and you know, then he got injured, and Foles came back. Um, so um, it's been nice for them to have both, um, because you know, I also think about like the the Jameis Winston and uh, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah. 
um, how, you know, they kind of, you know, as they started to, to like hit their decline, they were able to sub in the next quarterback and they just had like this spectacular start. And then, you know, it just was a cycle, but, um, yeah, back on topic. I think that, um, I don't know. And it is lucky for them. They could have, they, they managed to go pretty far with, with Foles this off season. Um, I know there was talks about possibly trading him last off season. Um, looking back, that might have been a good call. Might not have been. I don't know. It's tough to tell. But I think uh, you know they're both going to go on to do continue to do great things in the NFL. But for the Philadelphia Eagles, I think it's time to you know let Carson really start taking the reins of his organization. Yeah. So. John, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, looking at their kind of profile pictures and their names, Nick Foles looks kind of kind of looks like a guy who's just kind of happy to be here. <laughs> he's def- and like I said last week, he's a super sub, wins playoff games, goes to the championship, won you a Super Bowl last year. But the real question comes down to development. Carson Wentz arguably has a higher ceiling than Nick Foles ever has or had. How does the how do the Eagles coaches? How does the business of the Eagles want to market themselves? Do you want to go with a younger, more talented, a little bit more injury-prone quarterback, or do you want him to? kind of learn and develop a little bit more from Nick Foles. It's also a business decision of all the money that they're being paid. Yeah. Do I know what to do? No. Would I go with Carson Wentz? Probably. Yeah, I don't... I think if Nick Foles had won this game, it would have been much harder. Um, But also, Nick Foles is only successful in the system that we've seen. He was in St. Louis. He was in Kansas City. He was not the same quarterback. So something and about Philadelphia. Even, yeah. And can Nick Foles even go a whole season? Right. Because he started the season, too. I think he went 1-2, 2-1. Two, two yeah. And he, Carson and, Wentz comes back. Yeah, he didn't look great. As well. So and then he picks, then Nick Foles picks up with yeah, momentum. Yeah, I don't think it's any um, really debate. I know it's like fun to think about, but really, if you're an NFL team and you can pick between Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, who's going to pick Nick Foles over Carson Wentz? Especially if you're not the Eagles. Um, so I think if anyone picks him up, I, you know, I think that's a mistake. I think Nick Foles should take the pay cut to stay in Philly if he wants to keep playing football um, because I think it works for both the Eagles and Carson Wentz if he stays as a backup. I don't think it's... Wrong to say Carson Wentz has been injury-prone since college. Um, so having a good quarterback like Nick Foles, you know, helps the team. So I, I'm, I'd am i go Carson Wentz all the way. I just think I think his ceiling is much higher than Nick Foles ever was. Like, there's a reason Nick Foles was a third-round pick. Um, there's a reason Carson Wentz was a first-round pick. Third-round picks win Super Bowls. Russell Wilson has won one Super Bowl. Probably should have won two. Um, yeah. but, so, yeah, I think Carson Wentz all the way. Um, yeah, so, that was our de- 
debate topic. Um, one of the next few podcast episodes, um, we'll talk about after Trevor Lawrence's amazing performance in the national championship game, if you think freshmen should be allowed to enter the NFL draft. Um, so stay tuned for that. We're going to talk. Maybe we do another podcast this week or it'll be next week. Um, another topic coming up, um, John found Sports Illustrated list of 25 fittest athletes for men and women. He says it's whack, so stay tuned for that. Um, so I think for the rest of this episode, we're going to talk about the AFC and NFC Championship game. We have some. We have a fan question. We have a fan topic, which is I know we're excited to talk about. And then our favorite sports moments from the week. Um, so why don't we start with the uh, championship picks? We have... Let me get a pen. We have... Sorry, I wasn't prepared. We have the Chiefs, the number one seeded Chiefs, playing the New England Patriots in Kansas City. That is the 6 o'clock game on Sunday. Um, Chiefs, Patriots. Who wants to start with this? Roland, take it away. Okay. I don't know, man. I want it to be the Pats. Obviously. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, like, what's going through your head? I know for me it's like, it's the Patriots in the playoffs, right? Brady Belichick. But it's also in Kansas City. Yeah, and, you know, uh, the Kansas City defense is one of the things that they've been really knocked on. Um, and they showed up this past weekend. And then the Patriots' defense is one of the things that, and and the fact that the Patriots' wide receivers look slow, everybody looks old, um, and they just you know came out and crushed the Chargers. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, they they've already met once before, um, three forty in Foxborough. Uh, I think it's going to go the other way. Okay. Uh, for Roland. John, who do you got? Uh, I'm going with the Chiefs. Momentum, excitement, Kareem Hunt. No, there's no Kareem Hunt. What? What do you mean? Kareem Hunt? Are you serious? I don't know. No, John, you're not serious. 
going to the, the Chiefs. Chiefs. They've yeah. got momentum. Yeah. That seems like a year that the Giants are falling all across sports. Ooh, that's big. All right. Mm-hmm. Xavier. Uh, I'm not thinking twice about this. Chiefs win. Uh, 38-28. I just think in Kansas City, uh, I think... All right, sorry about that, guys. We ran into some technical difficulties. Um, we just made our picks. Um, we have the Chiefs. All of us are have the Chiefs winning against the Pats. Um, kind of just saying it's in Kansas City. Pat Mahomes looking good. Defense looking good. Um, so all Chiefs there. As for the NFC Championship game, Roland and John have the Saints winning, mainly on the home field advantage and the playoff experience and just the longevity of Drew Brees, whereas Zay and I have uh, the Rams winning. Um, not really a reason, just just thinking, you know, more talent and they're going to win. Um, so we'll f- obviously find out who's going to be right. Um, big implications for our standings. I think if John is right on both, I think he puts it out of reach and wins. Um I think the Super Bowl brings it close. If it comes down to that, you'll have to pick like the score or something. Um, so that's where we're at. Um, okay. To finish the podcast, I think we're just gonna do a our favorite moments from the week and talk about how um, the University of Georgia kicker Rodrigo Blankenship is probably our favorite college football player. He's the kicker. If you've never seen him, he wears the rec specs under his uh, helmet. Um, we got that from Juliet, Roland's girlfriend, uh, brought up that topic for us. Um, but I think, John, you have a special connection or have taken a special liking to this kicker just because his swagger, I'll say. Heck yeah. Are you kidding me? His name is Rodrigo Blankenship. And where he's confident enough to wear rec specs in his everyday life. He's also a SoundCloud rapper. Is he? Yeah, I can't remember the name of his song, but he's great. Fan favorite all around. He's going to be a number one overall pick. See, here's the thing. The first time I saw him... To all the geeks like me out there, he's someone I can identify with. The first time I saw him was when George was playing Oklahoma last year. And I was just like, who is this kid? Like, really? Rex Specs under? And then he, like, made all his field goals. And I was just like, okay, this kid's got swagger. And then he comes back, and he's, like, hanging with, like, rappers on the sideline. It's just like, who is this guy? But he's good. I like him a lot. Um, my hope is the Bills draft him after this season because Stephen Hauschka's getting old. Um, but, yeah, that... Do you, do you think he can't, like, put contacts in or something? Like... <laughs> I, I think maybe it's... I'm just... I want to know why. I, I think it's just a choice at this soda, point. You know? Okay. <laughs> If that's him, good for him. But I just, I want to know if, like, he can't put contacts in his eyes. It might just be a personal, you know, preference kind of thing. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. I love him. Yeah. But he's the definitely... The went to, he ran, pa- I don't know if you guys have seen that clip, where he, he, like, runs past the ball because the kick wasn't set up in time, and then he backs up and kicks it for from a standstill. Really? It was amazing. I'll have to look up the video. Maybe posted it on Twitter. He is definitely a uh, a favorite of the We Got a Memo podcast. Maybe one day we'll be able to talk to him, maybe meet him or something. Probably not. 
Um, but we just want him to know that we are like big fans of his and his talent and his confidence. Um, all right, so let's uh, wrap this up with our favorite moments of the week. Um, I'll go first. I kind of have two. One is anything related to Zion Williamson because he's just unreal. Um, he's so good. He can he dunks like a man. He looks like a man, and he. Uh, he's not a man. He's eighteen. He's a freshman. No. Did you did you, did you see that Duke Florida State game? Yeah, I saw it. That ending was so crazy. I mean, Duke is always gonna be good, but Zion is something else. Like, I feel like if I had seen LeBron James in high school, it would be like Zion is now. Um, like that. That's how good I think he could be. That's just yeah. me, a kid from New York watching sports on TV, but that's how I think I could be. But my real favorite moment was um, Clay Thompson on the 8th. They played the Knicks. He scored 43 points, only dribbled the ball four times. I don't know. I just love Clay Thompson. Four dribbles, 43 points in 34 minutes. Oh, my God. Sniper just caught fire. I don't think he really cares that he didn't pass the ball. You know, maybe some Kobe going on there. But that was my favorite moment. Um, I was going to say the Game of Thrones teaser trailer coming out yesterday, but with the release date. But um, we got to stick it to sports on. We got a memo. Um, so who, who's up next? Okay, you still managed to plug it, though. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah I did. I'll go next because April's going to be nuts between all the, you know, high-profile games. But Wright State, North Kentucky basketball game. Wright State inbounding it off of a football-like pass. Are you kidding me? That was so clever. <laughs> Big fan. I don't know how that game turned out, but the play was <laughs> I don't know how you find this stuff, you John. Find these <laughs> I just spent time Googling sports on the internet. Uh, okay, mine is... Uh, I think it started this week, but the Greg Berhalter started his first January camp as manager of the U.S. men's national team. Uh, okay, yeah. Talk about that a little more. What? Because I don't know what that is. What, it's their annual January camp where I think it's domestic players, so all MLS players that he wants to bring in for the U.S. men's national team. He brings them together for, what, a couple weeks or so um, for a camp, and he's teaching them their system, uh, culture, and all that. Uh, I believe they have a couple games to end their camp with. So I'm looking forward to watching those games with him as manager. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. They face Chile and Ecuador in March for friendlies. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right, Roland, finish it up. Yeah, so I feel like you guys already know what mine's going to be. Um, most of my, my sports this week has been football. Um, so I got to go with the Pats smacking the bolts. Um, I thought it was, you know, like I said, it's always fun to watch, watch your team blow a team out. Um, I, yeah, it was just, it was just a fun game to sit down and watch, um, for me. So, uh, that's my favorite sports moment of the week. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Um, so thank you everyone for listening. Next week we'll make sure not to have technical difficulties and miss part of our segment. 
Um, all all you get, all we missed was uh, just going a little more in depth on the championship games this weekend. Um, but give us a follow on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. We have a page. We got a memo. Send us an email. Tweet at us. Facebook. DM us. Um, really anything. You know, we're, we are very happy to interact with um, audience and listeners. Um, so give us a listen. Give us a share. Like our tweets. Retweet it. You know, anything helps. Um, yeah. And, uh, Just yeah, go ahead. Quick, kind of get this thing off the ground. Um, send us your favorite sports moments of the week. Um, tweet it at us uh, or, you know, email us or Facebook it to us. Um, Tell us in person if you see us. Yeah, um, that that story about Rodrigo Blakenship was Juliet's favorite sports moment of the week, uh, him announcing that he was returning for his senior year. So uh, we'd really love to do that. Uh, kind of gives like a cool way for us to interact with you guys. Um, yeah, so you know, send us your favorite sports moments of the week. We pick our top five. We only have one this week. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, just uh, we're going to read everything we sent, so just we we will read it. So just... Tag us in anything you want us to read. We got a memo pod on Facebook. Next week, we're going to deep dive into... Well, not deep dive, but just look into the championship games. Talk about that. We're going to talk about freshmen entering the draft. uh, Sports Illustrated most fittest. And then um, we had a question from TJ um, that we couldn't get to today because it was a little too long. But next week, we'll definitely get to it. Um, So look out for our podcast, and we appreciate you listening. We'll see you next time.